Hey everybody, welcome back to Discover Springford. I'm standing in front of Chopper's Hair Shop on Main Street in Royersford Borough. Inside, I'm going to be sitting down with owner Nick Shoemate, who spent years in the salon industry and ultimately decided to embrace authenticity and open his own barbershop right here in downtown Royersford. I'm Jeff Desiato, a professional actor, part-time realtor, and transplant to the Springford area. And I'm on a mission to find the best that Spring Ford has to offer. I'll be interviewing local business owners, civil servants, and other prominent members of the community to find out what makes Spring Ford a great place to live, work, eat, and explore. I invite you to join me on my journey as I discover Spring Ford. Nick, thanks for allowing me the time to come in and sit down for an interview with you. Welcome. So uh, why don't we go back to the beginning, tell people a little bit about your personal story, how you got involved um, in Royersford specifically, but also in the hair industry. All right. Well, I've been a licensed professional for over 25 years, and uh, it's a kind of a family trade. Okay. I didn't like, want to go to college. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't for me. Right. Uh, I needed some direction. I took like a year off and didn't know Gap year, right? what to do with <laughs> yeah. myself. Exactly. Thought I was going to go like to Monco, but wasn't really into it. And, you know, dad kind of said you need to, some direction right. and a trade will always have uh, something to fall back on. And, you know, you'll always be able to support yourself whether you choose to do it for a living or not. You know, right. once you have a trade, nobody can take it from you. So that started Great. my journey. Went to cosmetology school because in 1992, there wasn't really any barber schools around right. and it was kind of a dying trade. Mm -hmm. And uh, just that was the natural progression was, you know, end up going to cosmetology, working in a hair salon because there wasn't really any barber shops. And that's, you know, what, you know, just those natural at the time. So... You know, I went to cosmetology school. I got licensed that. I went right back and uh, took the teacher's course. Oh, wow. I took another six months uh, to get the hours required to become a cosmetology teacher. And then I got licensed in that also. So I have two licenses in this industry. Uh, I did some teaching along the way, but naturally, you know, I kind of, you know, I belong behind a chair. Yeah. Um, I always had an entrepreneurial mindset so I started my first business when I was 25 and it was a hair salon at the okay. time uh, it was a big undertaking yeah. uh, you know I really yeah, for a 25 year old I can imagine and it was a large yeah. space too yeah. so it was like was something uh, trooper oh, so yeah. right on Ridge Pike okay. not too far from here I grew up in King of Prussia I just kept kind of following the natural progression of people you know moving away for affordable housing, first-time right. home buyers. The salon kind of fell into my lap. It was another person's salon that uh, went out of business for varied reasons, I think health more than anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somebody pointed me in that direction and me kind of wanting to be an entrepreneur, just grabbed it, you know, and went for it. Right. And actually, you know, talked my dad into coming along with me as a oh, partner. Really? And him and I ran progression salon for 10 years and you know I had we averaged about 10 employees most I ever had was 14 over that 10 year span 
had up and down levels of success depending on the economy and yeah. you know that was like right you know prior to 9/11 mm-hmm. and you know the first recession and did really well a few years did you know mediocre a few years not so well a few years and mm-hmm. just uh even at the end you know like I kind of saw it be going in a direction that I wasn't happy and decided that I needed to step away from that business and shut it down oh, you know okay. just kind of walked away from it yeah. and that's kind of what led me in this direction was like all right now what you right. know like I went and worked for somebody else for like six months cutting hair that didn't work out it was in a weird dynamic that after being my own boss for 10 oh, years yeah, and <laughs> being in a strange dynamic that I was uncomfortable in because it was a husband and wife who were going through a divorce in oh. the middle of the shop, and I kind of got caught in the middle. And you make I a great reality show on it, Bravo. Oh, well, there's Bravo plenty of that in hair sure. salon yeah. environment, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but left that. A friend of mine got me a job, like, pulling fiber optic cable and oh, wow. installing electronic equipment, and that was uh, 2008. And like, I mean, it was really like, that's when, you know, like, I think I was on that job a couple months and we were working at night down in DC and I watched the stock market crash all day and I'm like, oh boy, here we (laughs) go. (laughs) So I did that for a year, got laid off. Uh, It was all right. I did. I'm good at pretty much everything I do because I put a lot of effort into everything I do. It's just the way I am. Right. So it was fine. I did all right, but then I got laid off for the first time in my life and was like, all right, I've never collected unemployment. Uh, You know, like, what do I do now? I knew this, you know, I was like, all right, I guess I, you know, kind of need to go back just like my dad told me, I guess. In reality, it was like, I can always fall back on this. It was at a time when the barber business had been coming back for a few years and I was always really good at this. I had you know, I did this right out of high school. So I had like 20 dudes that I was hanging out with at the time who all wanted me to cut their hair. And I did it in my basement, you know, (laughs) or, you know, like wherever, kitchen, basement, all my friend's (laughs) hair, you know, and was always really good at barbering and like the dynamic of, you know, BSing with men over things that I like to talk about. And, you know, just having, I don't know, kind of like, that last manly vestige left in life, you know, there's not many left, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it's so. kind of like, you know, in the, for lack of a better analogy, you know, you think about, like, the little rascals with, like, no girls allowed sign. Like, yeah. not that we are, you know. Can't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. But, but like, but that, that aspect of just, like, you know, you, you can let your hair down, for lack of a better term, and actually just be who you are, authentic a little bit. Totally. In the business environment, which is, yeah, like you said, it's, you're always kind of on edge. Like, you don't want to turn this person away or offend this person. Um, but to be who you truly are, sometimes there are going to be people that don't jive with you or don't, you know, don't quite see eye to eye on things with you. But to find a place where you can be who you are and be comfortable and attract like-minded people to come and sit in the chair, that's that's pretty cool, I think. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And that was my total concept with this place was... You know, I'm going to make it me, you know, and, uh, you know, the rock and roll, the kind of the pool table, the just the 
very comfortable, laid-back environment. I always have music on. I don't have a TV on in here. I'm encouraging conversation yeah. uh, uh, between me and my customers. I'd like to focus on my customer you know, 100% when I'm doing it, not to say that there's no dynamic where it kind of crosses between me, myself, like the customer who I'm with and other customers that are in the shop at the same time. But I like to focus on, A, what I'm doing and put 100% into that, but also the customer and the conversation and let them know that I'm focused on them. And I think that translates, A, because I'm making myself comfortable in my environment and then... You know, I think that makes them more comfortable and then lets just that natural dynamic happen, you know? Yeah. So take me back a little bit. You had mentioned that you come from like a long line um, or it runs in the family. Yeah. Um, What are some of the other relationships that you have that kind of led you into uh, following in their footsteps? Uh, I mean, really, first and foremost, my father. Uh, You know, he's a cosmetologist that was kind of a, uh, at a time when not many men were doing it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he raised me. Uh, so, you know, this is the business that I grew up in. And I also, you know, so I kind of grew up in a hair salon environment yeah. and uh, was in a dynamic that was very creative. And uh, he always was surrounded by people that were at the top of their trade, including himself. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, kind of, you know, made me part of who I am because, Growing up in that type of environment, you—that's oh, all I knew. You know, right. it was like, a there was a competition around. You know, like in the dynamic itself, that they drove each other. Yeah, to get better. The, yeah. yeah, and you know, there was a, a competitive nature in that this industry at the time, where there was a lot of competitions right. and uh, you know, like a prestige level that you know you were shooting for on like a Philadelphia level and a oh, New right. York kind of level. Yeah. So. You know, I grew up in hair competitions and behind, uh, like, the scenes, like, state behind the stage kind of, like, mm. that aspect yeah. of, like, cosmetology and hair and makeup that, you know, you like... Saw, like, the nuts and bolts of it, not uh, just, just a, a different, yeah, yeah, and, I, you know, I kind of took to it, uh, you know, like, it just... I'm a creative person, not necessarily an artist, yeah. but, like, growing up in this business... It was all I knew, you yeah. know, and 99% of it is, like, I can attribute to my father. So, yeah. you know, and That's we cool. do have this in common. Yeah. It's one of the few things that we yeah, have in I'm common. Yeah, I'm sure. Everybody has But it's like, uh, it definitely, you know, steered me in this direction and has ultimately led me to here and uh, I thankfully thriving, actually. Yeah. You know, That's so really great to hear. It's a great place to be in. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so how did it come about, like, when you... Um, you know, you worked in a salon and, and you go, like you had mentioned, barbering um, was not the, the industry that it is today. And as far as, it, you know, um, on an attention standpoint, like there, there's a lot more attention on on barbershops and things like that. They've kind of gone through a rebirth or renaissance uh, late of late. Um, what was it like going into that? I mean, obviously you had your fam- family support, but like, was it a challenge to step into an environment where you kind of felt that it, it, there, it wasn't geared towards someone with your interests and skill set uh, in terms of focusing on men's style, men's grooming, or did you kind of embrace I, that? I, I think that it was something that I liked mm-hmm. and took to because of like having a bunch of male friends and doing that from day one, but also having a different skill set 
of you know learning knowing how to cut and color female hair and the adding to kind of the two together is kind of forged who I am now is yeah. like having the barbering skills because I educated myself on that along with the cosmetology hair salon environment you know of like you know being good very good like at cutting women's hair and styling and then learning how to kind of uh, cut hair a different way and molding the two together to form my own style, mm-hmm. which is like I embrace and I think that allows me to have a different uh, kind of branding than anybody else in the right. area is that, you know, I'm well versed, you right. know, and I also don't shy away from anything, you know, like, you know, I'm one of the few people that is not afraid to jump in, you know, and you know, cut a black man's hair, a woman's hair, very short woman's hair, yeah. very long woman's hair, vices, you know, versus like also being able to, you know, super short barbering yeah. with men's hair and then kind of having like yourself maybe a little bit more of a long, versatile, kind of laid back men's hairstyle. Mm-hmm. I can do all of that. Yeah. And that makes me unique in this industry yeah, and sure. I am like 100% about embracing that you know it makes me who I am and you know like I think that's one of the reasons that I have a broad range of clients mm-hmm. you know like I can cut you know like teenagers to you know men that are 65 super short military to kind of skater punk rock yeah. you know like <laughs> Uh, I know I just embrace it all and you know like I don't want to exclude anybody I just want to be you know the best that I can be with whoever's in my chair at that time and I think that translates that's great so you uh you know this the shop here is open to anybody to come in absolutely you don't uh, specialize just in men Um, Uh, that's my main focus but you know like I if a woman decided for some reason that she really wanted to check out the pool table and come in and (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't shy away from that. So no, that's, that's, I try not to. Yeah, you know, like sometimes uh, I stay very busy, mm-hmm. and my dynamic is, you know, basically, you know, fifteen to twenty minutes per customer. And sometimes, you know, like I don't want to get into like cutting and coloring and yeah. shampooing, Balayage and it's called. you know, yeah, yeah because yeah. it's time consuming yeah. and interrupts from my main focus. Right, so, right, right. you know, like I basically just stick to cutting hair, and if someone whoever wants to come in and wants me to cut their hair and (laughs) it falls in the realm that I'm comfortable with then I embrace it but I'm also not afraid to say I don't think it's going to work because I know myself right and that's we mentioned that before we started I think it's one of I would say a lot of times entrepreneurs uh, business owners they that's like a crucial part that's left on ungroomed for lack of a better term sorry (laughs) pun intended I guess but like it's not cultivated in their business they just think about the business the business but they forget about like their own personal identity and sometimes that especially and I feel like in this day and age people are looking more for authenticity than like a um a real slick salesman-y kind of business model they want to know the people behind it which is kind of the purpose of this show um because I feel like people want to have an affinity with the person they're or the business they're patronizing or the business that they're supporting. They want to know, you know, what you're all about. And if you are wearing it on your sleeve, like you used to borrow a term you used earlier, um, then, you know, the people that want to support your business are going to be attracted to come. And those that 
it, you know, there's another business out there for somebody else that might not necessarily fit with what you're doing. And that is, it's a risk that you take as an entrepreneur, but I think it ultimately pays dividends. And it sounds like it has for you. It totally has. And I think the biggest aspect of that that you didn't happen to mention yeah. is that, like, I care. You right. know, like, I care about the product that I'm putting out on the person, like the haircut. Yeah. And, you know, like, I try and remember details of the conversation. I'm blessed with a good memory. That's good. Uh, yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah. And, you know, like, I remember about the story of the person's life because I'm interested in that yeah. also. And that helps the comfort level of someone when they're sitting in my chair and, you know, it makes me comfortable in that dynamic and then also allows me to give 100% of, you know, like when I'm trying to cut and make them happy with the product that I'm putting out, which is very hard in this business. Sure. There's a lot lost in translation. There's a lot of uh, professionalism that sometimes is learned over time, you know, like experience. And sometimes it's never there, you know, right. and then there's like... Uh, you know, like both sides of that, you know, the different levels of, you know, one's effort or how much they care or, you know, like their skill set. And right. I try and, you know, put everything together, you know, like, hey, this is a customer service business. Mm -hmm. So I am solely focused on that. And that translate to making sure that I'm trying to give the person in my chair 100% every time that they're in my chair, not just giving me a good haircut one time. You know, giving a good haircut, great haircuts, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, really, I want to give a great haircut. Let me impress upon that, that yeah. I try and give people a great haircut every time that they sit in my chair. And that repeatability is what I feel brings people back. Right. And, the you know, that personal touch. Oh, for sure. And the fact that, I mean, you're a... Uh, as we mentioned before, I don't know if we mentioned it on the camera, but you're a one-man operation. Yeah. So that level of consistency is something that you actually can have ownership over um, versus having 20 stylists and just, you know, churning and burning of some of the larger <laughs> the larger uh, salons and corporate, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you, you kind of, with anything, the bigger it gets, the, the, the less hands-on, the less oversight into the actual quality um, and that's where you kind of do run into trouble because you can't keep it with the same passion, the same vigor that you have it every time you stand behind somebody and look at them through the mirror. You know what I mean? Like so. I think you just explained why <laughs> that chair that you're sitting in doesn't have another barber right. in it because, <laughs> A, I had the experience right. uh, when I owned a hair salon of having 10, 14 employees and, you know, like varying levels of passion uh you know varying commitment to their tr skill and their trade uh and you know just you know a little bit of like a controlling nature of myself <laughs> of, you know like controlling a what i'm putting out controlling what the internet is putting out about me because you know i i've tried to create a brand and mm -hmm. you know i have a good um you know following on the internet, I guess, or, you know, that's not a following, but, yeah. you know, like the internet treats me well because right. people put it out there of all the things that we were talking about so far. Yeah. And I'm afraid to put somebody in there that's not going to be as passionate, not mm -hmm. uh, have the, you know, mindset and skill set to back up the brand that I've created. And there's times when I could use help. Yeah. and would like help but then I kind of go back to past experience and like 
eh, I'm comfortable just, you know, like yeah. being me and putting out what I can put out. And I don't know where it's going to take me. I probably do need to like hire somebody, but I, it's going to be select and they're going to have to wow me right. and put as much into it as I put into it because otherwise I'm just not going to stand for it. Right. And I, cause I'm, I, you know, I take my brand seriously. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and the fact that you do have the experience to kind of draw off of, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it'll work in your favor and that you won't be tricked into making a mistake that you would regret later. Because like you said, it's, I mean, it's like welcoming someone into your family. <laughs> you know, I imagine coming in here and giving somebody, you know, trimmers and, and, and a chair that's theirs. That's a huge undertaking in and of itself. Just and, and, a, and a huge level of trust that you would have to, someone would have to earn to, to be able to, to stand here in choppers and, and represent the brand that you've built. So, yeah, I don't, I don't fault you one bit for having that mentality because I, and I think that is going to be one of the things that, and probably has caused people to to come back is yeah. because they know that they know exactly what they're going to get when they walk in the door. Whereas if someone walked in and says, you know, is Nick here? No, he's not. I'm here today. I'm going to cut your hair. That might cause like a little unease or, you know, people would get like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, whereas like you know, I, if, if, if I do bring somebody on, it's going to be with like all of that. Just that you said that I need to have that comfort level. Yeah with them that they're going to be able to treat the person the way I expect them to be treated, you know, and right. that they, they're going to be able to give a hundred percent customer service satisfaction and this, uh, the skill and the service side of it too, meaning like a, the chair side aspect, you know, the conversation, the attention to detail, the, you know, like caring about the individual who's sitting in a chair and then, also being able to put the product out also, which yeah. is, you know, making sure that the person's getting the haircut that they wanted and that they asked for. Right. And also that they can repeat that same thing like I strive to. Yeah. And I would imagine that, you know, the, the skills for barbering and stuff, I mean, to me, I, I'm a lay person, so I just think haircutting is haircutting. But the skills to cut a man's hair versus, it is a spe- specific training, you know, for barbering versus cosmetology obviously cosmetology and tails makeup and nails and all that kind of stuff um but the the skill set has to be uh, compatible with what you've gleaned over your years because you're like you said you're also bringing in that experience from the cosmetology side you're not just someone who went to barbering school and is a barber so you want it to kind of be a, a good match i totally do too, so. and i you know my teaching background yeah, is willing helpful, yeah. is willing to put the effort into somebody the right person right. you know teaching them kind of how to layer hair properly and you know like have that versatility and but the same token they have to be willing to put the effort in because you know what they teach you in school whether it's barbering school or cosmetology school is basically the basics yeah and it's what you chose choose to hone your craft once you're out with the continuing education aspect of it and, you know, being in an environment that is conducive to that also, that, A, that you're willing to, you know, sit there and learn from the person next to you and hopefully that, you know, the person next to you is willing to, you know, tutor you and bring you along and, you know, like help you develop. But that's a sympathetic relationship that 
is only going both ways. And I am willing to do that and only because that's helped me, right. you know, become who I am in that environment that we were talking about earlier with, you know, growing up and surrounded by super talented, driven type people in this industry is kind of rare, I find. And yeah. I know I hope to carry that on in this side at some point. It's just the, you yeah, know, like big... trying to control like who I, this, I want this place to be and like bring that along has something that I haven't kind of ventured in yet, right. but I know I need to like, it's the next progression basically, right. you know? Yeah. And I, I know, you know, from a lot of teachers and, and just in different industries that a lot of times people don't fully even grasp what they know until they have to teach it to somebody else. And that almost like kind of solidifies the skills that they have because they're forced to articulate it in a way that someone else could understand it. And they often say, you know, explain it as you would to a child. You have to be able to to get it. You know, you have to know it that well to be able to explain it. So the fact that you do have a teaching background, too, um, that that oftentimes takes it to the next level. So that's really cool to hear. Tell us a little bit about um, how you ended up here on Main Street in Royersford from trap or no, i'm sorry trooper you said trooper. Was where your salon was and and how did you the time when you kind of were in that laid off period and you you know you're you're thinking about what do i do i got should i go back to my trade um I, i'm just interested a little bit in how that how this all kind of came to be right here in this physical location cool uh well i basically 2009 had done that other trade for a year got laid off first time collecting unemployment uh, kind of didn't know where I was. Right. Hadn't been in the industry that I basically had been in my whole life, you know, for the last, you know, 14 months or so. Uh, just kind of the economy was in a tank. Yeah. You know, like didn't know, you know, any way, which way I was going and just kind of like was embracing exactly what you said. Like, this is what I know. Uh, not really wanting to go back into the direction that I had originally been in. An old employee of mine had opened up a barber shop oh, wow. and basically was doing really well with it. Yeah. And I liked his concept and I figured, you know what, his concept was very close to who I am as a person, mm-hmm. like outside of here, yeah. you know, and I was never comfortable even in my own salon environment it wasn't like a hundred percent me and I kind of like was like you know what doing that for over 10 years learning as I went along of the entrepreneurial kind of train ride and learning to be a businessman learning about branding never feeling comfortable in that other environment really kind of feeling comfortable when I was more cutting men's hair and having the kind of, I guess, manly conversations about sports and music and politics and whatever, you know, like just wanting to be true to myself and, you know, like just time to embrace who I was. That's really what led me into the barbershop aspect Mm -hmm. of it. I was looking for, once I figured that out, it was like, okay, now where and how? And I was, you know, had some savings and was in a good position, was collecting unemployment and trying to figure out, like, 
where and what I wanted to do at the time and started looking for locations and really wasn't having much luck yeah. and was looking all over for the right fit. Craigslist was looking every day yeah. of all places, you know, like found this location on Craigslist. It was like a too good to be true deal kind oh, of wow. like it was like, all right, one ninety nine a month, you know, for now <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, like that's no, no way. So I think I looked at this over that ad for like over two weeks of looking every day for a location and kind of keep going back, falling back to this and like, all right, I got a call. It's still there. Yeah. It's two weeks and it's still there. So I'm going to call. And that was like a Tuesday. I met here on a Wednesday, kind of looked at the place. It was like, all right, the deal's true and it's a good, you know, storefront. I think I can make this work. I didn't know that I didn't, wasn't super familiar with Warriors Ford. Yeah. I mean, I was in the Phoenixville area. Yeah had watched Phoenixville grow, mm -hmm. grew up in King of Prussia and had watched Manny Unk and Concha Hawking grow. And I kept saying, like, just follow the river, just yeah, follow right. the river. It seemed like the natural progression. So I'm like, all right, all right, Phoenixville's starting to take off. And, you know, this place is affordable. It's the, you know, to me was the natural progression right. of where the next, you know, town that was going to grow, you know, like the affordable housing where businesses were going to be affordable that I could afford to right. start a startup business because I had no client base right? and I needed a place that I could afford to grow a business through attrition, yeah. which takes time, you know, and having the experience in this business, knowing that it was going to take me five years wow. to grow my business from a startup, I needed that affordability right. and this place allowed that and it took me three months of doing a lot of the labor in here myself that I kind of realized that how busy that Main Street was with people, you know, the cars. Yeah, the cars going by. And, so. you know, like, all right, well, you know, the cars are here, the people are here. You know, they may not know that this is the next one, but right. I kind of had a gut feeling of, you know, my own intuition saying before Phoenixville took off, I said Phoenixville's the next one. Yeah. And then looking at this and saying, all right, I can afford this. I can grow my business. And I'm pretty comfortable in knowing that the way Phoenixville is going, that this is going to be the next town. And, you know, it's kind of coming together, really, yeah. is really I that think, the, yeah. the town, the school district, you know, the vibe of the area and the growth of the whole kind of suburbs of King of Prussia, I call right. it at this yeah. point, you know, the 422 corridor. Yeah, uh, sure. And, you know, it's basically, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying cocky, but, yeah. you know, like what I saw happen in all those other towns, I kind of knew that this was the one I had that feeling and I was willing to put my time and money into this town and location. Right. And I figured if I could grow this building or I'm sorry, this business, in the worst economy since the Great Depression, that when the town came around, I should really uh, flourish. And right. it's kind of happening. You know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's great. And a lot of what you're saying is kind of what attracted me to this area as well when we were looking for homes, was just like, I didn't want to be in a Phoenixville, you know, I didn't want to be like following the trend. Yeah. Like I wanted to be there and help grow it too. 
Yeah, that, me too. You know, that, you know what I mean? Like be yeah, me on too. the ground floor and, and, you know, hopefully through the show and highlighting businesses like yours and stories like yours, it'll attract more and more people to, to see what's going on. What is the special stuff in the water that makes people in Roarsford set up shop, stay and invest in the community? Um, and that's, I mean, that's what I've been experiencing just in, in hearing your story and other people's is the, the desire that people have to see this community flourish, not from like a selfish, like, yeah, and then I'll, you know, I'll retire or whatever. It's <laughs> like you just like, there's like a desire to see it for the, the shared benefit of everybody. You got to care. Man. Yeah. Right. And that, you know, and like, just hearing I, about how you care about your clients and, and you, you remember the stories and those kinds of things. Like those are the things that last. And, and, and when you're trying to establish not just a brand or a business, but like a legacy in a town or in a, in a community. I'm not there yet. Yeah, but. no, but, uh, but I think those are the things that are everlasting, I guess, is like authenticity, compassion, um, dedication, persistence, you know, all the things that we're talking about. Like, those are the things that I think, you know, at the end of the day, when you get through all the, the stuff that we see on social media and all the, like all the stuff that steals our attention, it's those core elements that oftentimes are, what we always are attracted back to kind of recenter us a little bit. You know what I mean? I think that's what it takes to yeah. succeed also too, yeah. is everything that you just said really like, you know, all the, those attributes that you just, you know, reeled yeah. off there to me, you know, just that embodies success, right. you know? And so everybody, I know hopefully me included and the rest of the people who are investing in this town, school district, main street, you know, our school, uh, our council members, you right. know, the business owners, you know, like everybody's, you know, kind of, you have to put your money where your mouth is right. at the same time and be willing to put the effort out and, you know, stick around and, you know, it's a long term, you yeah. know, like just getting the doors open doesn't mean breed success, right. you know, sticking around, putting that hard effort in and, you know, willing to stick it out is, right. you know, that creates what you said is like a legacy. You know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, um, seems like a logical place to kind of wrap up a little bit, okay. if that's all right. Uh, why don't you let people know how they can get in touch with you, how they can find you on social media, online. Um, you can give everybody the URL links and all that kind of stuff. We'll also keep them below the video so people can click out to them. It'll be on our website, but let pe- this is a moment for you to kind of just tell people how they can reach out to you. Right, thank you. This is Chopper's Hair Shop. Uh, my name is Nick Shoemate. I'm the proprietor. Uh, you can give me a call at 484 484- Nine eight four zero nine four one, and uh, Chopper's Hair Shop on Facebook. Uh, my information's all out there on Google. There's plenty of Google reviews and Yelp reviews that kind of give you the idea of what I'm all about. I think that uh, you know I try and translate that to every person that sits in my chair, and you know you're welcome here. That's all I can say. Awesome man. All well, right. Nick, thank you so much thank for your you time. Very I really much. appreciate, I appreciate it. it. And I will be in when it's time to cut these locks off. I, I got it, man. Sure. I got it. Long sure hair, short hair, beard, you name it. I <laughs> yeah, can do I've it. had to trim my. I had a pretty good beard going, but I had to trim it down for an acting role that I'm doing right now. But it'll be back, especially come wintertime. I can't wait to get bushy again. So I kind of do the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks for your time, and thank Excellent. you guys for watching another great episode of Discover Springford. Make sure you come down to Chopper's Hair Shop. If not for a haircut, at least to shoot some eight ball. So we'll see you guys later. Thank you.
Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode of Discover Springford. I want to thank you for watching, and I also want to thank Nick for allowing me to come in and film the episode. If you'd like to find out more about Chopper's Hair Shop, then I encourage you to click the links below the video. And if you'd like to hear our full, unedited conversation, you can do that by subscribing to the Discover Springford podcast on any podcast app. If you enjoy Discover Springford and would like to support the work that we're doing to highlight the Springford area, then I encourage you to check out our website to find out the three different ways you can support us. The first would be by making a one-time contribution via PayPal, paypal.com slash discoverspringford. The second would be by becoming a monthly supporter for as little as $1 a month. You can do that through Patreon at patreon.com slash discoverspringford. And finally, we do have merchandise available for sale on our website, t-shirts and car magnets. Thanks a lot for watching, and I encourage you to start your own journey of discovering what makes the Springford area a great place to live, work, eat, and explore.